Be Your Best You, the Passionate to Purpose podcast with David Delaney. Good morning and welcome to this episode of Be Your Best You, the Passion into Purpose podcast with me, David Delaney. This morning I talked to visual artist Rebecca Deegan, who is based in County Leash. And Rebecca works mainly with oil paint and she aspires to create dark, emotive and atmospheric pieces. Her most recent series of figurative works explore archetypal imagery, the subconscious and parallels between the supernatural and earthly realms. Rebecca is the resident artist at Dunamis Art Centre, where she has a studio there and I join her in person for the first time uh, since the lockdown uh, has ended. Join Rebecca in person for a chat about her work. Rebecca, good morning and thank you for having me in your studio. This is the first podcast where we're actually out and about meeting <laughs> the people that we're talking to. So it's an absolute privilege to be in your studio and uh, thank you for, for having me here the, this morning. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, it's weird um, being in person again and talking to people face to face and so yeah. used to Zoom and everything yeah. at this stage. So Humans. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Rebecca, I want to talk to you this morning about, um, first, first of all, tell us, I know from the intro that we've established that, that you're an artist working and, and living in Leash. Um, tell me a bit about that in your own words. Okay, so I guess primarily I'm a painter. I work with figurative and um, kind of surreal subject matter, working with um, the ideas of folklore and kind of archetypal imagery that's found in folklore at the minute. So I use oil paints and charcoal and pencil for my artworks mainly. And as well as just being a painter, I'm also running life drawing sessions online, being both a host and now recently a model for my own sessions as well. And lots of other kind of random things that come along with being okay. an artist. Okay. So tell me, tell me a bit about your process. Um, people who are familiar with your work will, will obviously know, I suppose, the, the style. I've, I've seen you myself doing live sessions and the, the process. Where do you go in the process? What, so when you have a blank canvas in front of you, what, what's, what goes from there? Yeah, so when I get to the stage of being in front of the, the blank canvas, I would have already had a lot of kind of preliminary work done so usually what would happen is I'd kind of get an idea in my head like something would come to me and then I have to kind of figure out how to translate that into imagery so I'd be sketching a lot and uh, coming up with all these different visual elements and trying to make um, a composition then a lot of the times I would like photograph um, either models or myself for reference and use different props and lighting and all that and get all that done pretty soon to kind of tighten up the, the whole process. And then once I have a solid kind of reference sketch done, then I'll move to the actual painting stage and then just start painting. <laughs> so is, is there a time, like, do you, do you set yourself uh, a time frame or do you, do you put goals in place, like perhaps working towards an exhibition or do you just go? I was just going for it for like a lot of the time, but I found that I was letting things kind of build up um, too much, so I was having way too much going on at the, the one time between like classes and organizing events and then making my own work and doing all way too many things at once. So this year I'm actually trying to break up my time. So I have the first kind of 
part of the year dedicated to my classes and everything and then just kind of drawing in the, the time that I have free and then in the summer I'm hoping to do events and everything and again just draw in my spare time or paint if I do get a chance and then towards the end of the year I'm hoping to just hibernate again and winter <laughs> yeah just turn full hermit mode <laughs> so is, is it you mentioned that the class and the stuff like that is, is there a necessity is it difficult as a creative and i've spoken to other people about this the balance between creative and business you're, you're a full-time artist mm. so is, is it hard to strike a balance to say i have to make money to do this and i have to like how how do, does that affect your creative product like is it tell me about that yeah no it definitely would i mean like there's a lot of projects that I'd like to to do that either I know I won't make any money from or whatever and so sometimes I need to just kind of allocate that I can take on so much projects that are not gonna have any money for me and then I have to take projects that will pay me just so that I can actually keep existing and keep going <laughs> And live. <laughs> and live. It's it's all, exist all, in the world, you know. It's all good. Tell me, you, you've just come back from Iceland. Um, you know, a lot of people came out of the, the hibernation, let's call it, of, of COVID and lockdowns and stuff like that. Mm. And people got back into, you know, maybe hugging their families and, you know, spending time and, and creeping out of their houses. Rebecca, you went to Iceland. <laughs> so <laughs> tell, me, tell me about that, how that came about and, and what, what you were up to in, in Iceland. Yeah, so I was... I just I've been wanting to do a residency for a long time and when we were in kind of the, the height of the pandemic the first wave I was looking up places and like Iceland really appealed to me just because you know it's so like isolated and like the parts that are really remote and everything and yeah like it's obviously a different kind of isolation it's voluntary isolation rather than COVID isolation but yeah, no, it really appealed to me. So I put it together a proposal and applied to Fish Factory Creative Centre in the East Fjords of Iceland. And I was lucky enough to get accepted. And then I also applied to the Arts Council who granted me funding towards the residency as well. So I was really lucky with that. And um, yeah, so I was over there in the centre for the whole month of November and working on a project all to do with Icelandic folklore and kind of the dark undertones and kind of feminist um, sides of it as well. So yeah, it was kind of organic the way I was working over there. I had like kind of ideas in my head of um, the, the stories that I was drawn to in that, but things really kind of let themselves be known to me while I was there and everything kind of just the, the place is just magic and it was very, everything kind of came together for me. Is, is folklore, you mentioned folklore a, a couple of times, is folklore, um, is it something that is, uh, you mentioned the work of the folklore and the Icelandic side of things, do you notice similarities between the cultures um, in terms of folklore? Do you see similarities say, in Irish folklore and Icelandic folklore? Is it something that you're going to expand maybe culturally further and explore other, other cultures? Yeah, that's definitely in the pipeline. Um, there's definitely similarities um, because like a lot of um, the early Icelandic people, like they would have came from Irish settlers as well, like Irish women were brought over as slaves and all that. So there's definitely, um, when it comes to like the dark undertones of the, the stories, there's definitely overlaps for sure. It's kind of the same with a lot of the different um, 
folklore from other places and I find that really interesting and it kind of just leads back to like archetypes that came from like an untraceable part of time and just carry on through the generations which I just find really interesting how they're translated in other cultures and imagery so definitely it's something I'm going to look more into. Tell me a bit about the, the piece, um, you have a piece on social media at the moment which is very very striking and you, you can see the Icelandic, you can see the, you know, the hint of the, the Northern Lights in there. Tell me a bit about that piece, that's gaining some traction. Um, I know you're a fan of Instagram and public pieces online and people, mm. that piece seems to have struck, um, you know, it seems to have struck and people are commenting. Is there an inspiration that there's, um, there's perhaps religious connotations in some part with the Virgin? Mm. Tell, me, tell me a bit about that piece and we can, we can put that piece on the, the link to the, the Instagram and the bio. Yeah, so that piece is called Maya Nordarosa and it means Virgin of the Aurora. And um, yeah, so that was kind of the main piece that I was working on for the first half of my residency. And it's different kind of to the, the normal stuff that I would do just because I had so much more time and everything. So I was able to put in so many different elements and take my time in the, the pre-painting stages and everything. But yeah, so that piece is based on an Icelandic folklore story. So basically what would have happened back in the old day was um, if a woman had fallen pregnant and couldn't keep the child for whatever reason, out of shame or, you know, God knows how many reasons there would have been. But a lot of the time, um, the woman would have ended up just going out in the middle of the night and wrapping their child in cloth and leaving the child out to kind of um, freeze overnight and die of exposure. And what would happen then, which is going to be shown in the, the next painting, is the the child would come back as a spirit called Utbarder. And that kind of takes the form of the baby's skull and the the body of a bird and the, the plumage would be the same colour as the cloth it was wrapped in and then this Utbarder wants to be reunited with his mother and you know will kind of hunt her down and torment her until she kind of succumbs to insanity so that's kind of the the story behind that it's light yeah. stuff like that. very light <laughs> like heartwarming uplifting it's, it's, yeah it's fascinating because you, you can see you know there's the imagery that that that's in it, it's it's just it draws you in and, and you can just see you know and obviously our subjective pieces are different meanings and different things but it's just there's something magical and you can say that yourself there's something magical and you can see that particularly in, in that piece so with, with the icelandic work is it a plan to just continue that theme uh, or are you going to exhibit or what what's is there a plan in place for 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 that work i kind of want to i want to build on it for sure like i have a couple of pieces um from iceland that i would like to exhibit and i have also some sculptures that i made over there as well so I want to keep going with it and eventually have a little series of like these kind of ones. I kind of want to focus on um, like Northern European folklore stories in that because okay. there's quite a lot of overlap there and they're just very interesting to me. And even just the places themselves are very, I'm just very drawn to them at the moment. So that's one I, what I want to keep doing for now. When you do an exhibition, is it hard when you're painting cells to give it away? Sometimes, yeah, when you're not actually expecting it. 
we were expecting it to go so soon, you know. Like I had one actually that sold at um, Port Ireland and Arts Festival and I wasn't expecting any of my work to, to sell. And it was a new painting and it was the first time I'd shown it and everything. And I just wasn't ready. But it went. <laughs> no, I you're not get, I didn't even get the person's name. Like he just like walked out the door with it, like under his arm. And actually, like I think uh, no one was really expecting me to sell it because someone came over to me and they were like, um, "Rebecca, do you know that man just like walked out with your painting?" I think they thought that he robbed it. <laughs> why, why, when you said just, it's interesting you say I didn't expect it to sell. Why? Why do you say that? Is it a personal thing that it's? Is it, is it a piece of you that you're not ready to give away? Like, what, what is that? When you say that, I'm not ready to give this away. What is that? I think that might be it. I don't really know. Like, um, like that piece is a, like a self-portrait, like kind of, like a grotesque kind of self-portrait. So it wasn't, I just wasn't expecting it to sell, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you're happy you did. It's, it's, yeah. all, it's all good. I've often wondered that when I talk to artists, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people work. I suppose that there's a question for you. Can you ever see yourself, or what's your, your opinion, on artists who sell the brand? Uh, you see it on cushions mm. and mugs and all that kind of stuff, and the, we won't mention names, but we, we all know. You know, and that's, it's not a judgment, but it, it happens. Could you ever see yourself doing that? Um, or what's your thoughts on that? I think the main thing that would be stopping me is that it's just, it'd be a lot of time like to kind of set all that kind of stuff up and then... I don't know, it's not something really that's on my radar to do. I don't think my my work really would um, go on cooks. Maybe yeah. like for like like one in a million people might buy it. Like I just, I don't think it would be worth my while in particular. Okay. Like lots of artists have like, like cute things that like would go really nice on cooks that I would like probably buy myself and that kind of thing. But I don't think anyone's going to buy like um, the Virgin of the Aurora on a cup. You never know. You just don't know. Um, so a, a typical day, right? So when, when you wake up, um, is, your, is your brain always going with ideas? Um, or, or do you, do you, do you with, with process, so you're working here obviously in the studio, and do you come and, okay, I will work today from, to and from, and that's it, or is it a 24-7 process? Is it hard to stop the process? Yeah, it's very hard to stop the process. Like, I'm trying to kind of give myself a break and set kind of boundaries that, like, you know, no admin after, like, a certain time and um, stop having your mind racing at night with, like, all these stupid ideas and that, like, but, I mean, now there's, um, I'm not a very organised person I guess but I'm trying to like do my best with it and keep it under control but yeah <laughs> no it's pretty non-stop what's what's the best part about being you being me Jesus um. <laughs> sorry give a few easy questions first <laughs> yeah I know right straight into the hard stuff um I don't know I guess I'm gonna have to cut out all this silence um, I don't know, I guess kind of just not having, um, not letting kind of the fear of like stupid crap hold me back and I don't know, I feel like I've grown a lot as a person the last few years and I'm kind of proud of that and yeah, ha I'm happy enough with like where I am in that so well, I don't know. <laughs> It's it's interesting because it's 
a lot of people, you know, creative people particularly, they, they find it hard in, in an ownership of certain aspects, like you mentioned the work, it's hard to give away, it's, it is a little piece of you. Mm. Um, is, is there any particular, do you find, I mean, as with the shadow side of that, you know, it, it, what, what's hard about being you as an artist? What, what's, what, what are the difficult parts? Um, I guess I'm a pretty hard to live with person in my own head anyways so yeah I guess um I guess the fact that like it never stops is quite hard you never because and it's not a bad thing either like obviously doing art like as what you do for the main thing is an absolutely amazing thing and I'm very lucky to have that so yeah but I wish I could turn off my mind I think that's the that would be great <laughs> that's quite a hard one to live with if you if I could just let you inside here <laughs> you'd see what I mean we, 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 see, we see parts of it and I'm very grateful to, to, to be part of that it's it's something if, if if somebody came to you tomorrow and said I'm going to buy all your work and there's a job for you in I don't know a bank <laughs> would you take it Jesus no that would be the worst <laughs> offer ever like I'd probably only get like a few grand out of paintings and then be stuck in a <laughs> kind of like, kind of offers that. Uh, I'm just, I'm just uh, you know, it's it's interesting. <laughs> ever, ever consider? Would you? No. Good. Okay. Jeez, man, like, <laughs> oh my god, that'd be the worst okay. for well, everyone. Like, you know. Well, uh, I can see you working at a bank. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fuck up everything. Like <laughs> wrong button. Don't press that button. <laughs> um, what did you want to be when you grew up? I actually wanted you to be a vet. I love animals and I still do like I care deeply about animals and but I think I'm too soft um I'd cry like at the the slightest thing like you know if I see an animal in pain like I must see that every day I wouldn't I think vets are like extremely strong people because they're so they're so loving and caring like but they have to be strong like and have that about them but yeah I just I but then I wasn't strong enough to do it. Okay. So at what point did you find, um, it, was it in school or did you go into the world of, I'm going to call it normies, uh, <laughs> banks, <laughs> did you go into that world for a while or did you, did you go, to, like, tell me about that part of, of life? Yeah, like, um, I guess when I was a kid I wanted to be a vet, but then I think, I'm not sure what the exact Part of my life that turned me off being a vet would have been so like it could have been something like you know my rabbit dying when I was younger or something and it just upset me maybe and then I probably was just like oh no I can't, can't do it man I can't do it but um <laughs> yeah like after that I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't know all the way through school either and I didn't even do art in school I did um all the different subjects but um I did the PLC course in Abbey Leaks afterwards and that kind of I've just been doing art-related stuff since then. Yeah. And do you think that potentially helped you um, by avoiding, let's call it the box of doing art in school? Do you oh think that yeah, potentially helped you? for sure. Like, I mean, yeah, oh, definitely. Like, because I mean, you can be so easily turned off things in school and everything. So I'm definitely glad I didn't do it. <laughs> Would you ever become an art teacher? I know you do um, the drawing and stuff, but in the not in a school sense because like you're stuck to the curriculum like and I'm not good with kids either like and I've I've tried it like you know with um kids classes and that like and some like I see kids as just people like you know and sometimes 
you know, you clash with people, like, you know, you clash with kids, like, and, you know. Yeah. There's rules there. Yeah, yeah there's rules. Yeah, yeah. can't just, if someone's being an asshole in a kids class, you can't just tell them to get out. Yeah, yeah. I think you make a great teacher. And you do. I mean, the work you do with, I know it's, it's changing from lockdown, um, life drawings to the lockdown, not lockdown, life drawing emporium. Life drawing yeah, emporium. emporium. Yeah, lockdown emporium would be a bit yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah that would be strange. Like um, how, how do people, do you, do you get a mix of people? My own, my own, I suppose, my, my prejudice, I, I always think people in their clothing uh, need portraits. Ah, oh, God. Do you get giggly people? Uh, or do you get a... Is it, is it frowned upon to giggle when you see... Oh my God, it's person? totally frowned upon to giggle. Like, how would you feel if you were, like, so vulnerable, like, you know, on the internet as well, like, and someone just there, like... <laughs> oh my God. But what, what is that? What is, is there a taboo still about the naked body? And I know some of your work, you do nudes and stuff like that. Um, what kind of reaction do you get when you put up a nude painting or a self-portrait or something? Do you get people saying, Jesus, Rebecca, you know, fair play to you? Or do you get people saying... Jesus, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> what what um, kind of reaction do you get when you do that kind of work? I never really. I used to get like um, some disgust from people, but um, that doesn't really happen anymore. Like a lot of the times, yeah, some people are like, "Jesus, fair play to you, very brave, like to be doing that." And I'm just like, "It's it's normal. Like you know, everyone has a body and all this." Like, and then sometimes I'd get very unwanted reactions where, like. Men in particular, if they see that like you put up a nude painting, they just take that as um an excuse to message you and obviously think that like you're interested in them somehow, <laughs> you know. But um yeah, that's kind of the overall the reaction is always fine. Like, and I think people are becoming more open minded in that. Even yeah, do you think, do you think there's a, a pro- not a problem, but do you think with the body, um, like. We live in our heads a lot. You, know, mm. you mentioned that even yourself, you, you live in the head a lot and, and the processes. Do you think over the years that our body, we've become disconnected from our body? Yeah. You know, we're, we're painting what we own, we're painting what we have, mm. you know, at whatever way, shape, or form, or size. What is that? Jesus, I wish I could answer that. Like, <laughs> I wish I could answer that. But yeah, totally. Even like, I always feel like um, that I'm not in my body and that I'm. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way and maybe don't even realise it. But yeah, there's definitely a disconnect with bodies and the way that um, it's seen in art and everything. Like, I mean, some people can just quickly judge um, a painting or whatever or a photo or something without remembering that, like, you also have a body. Like, if you yeah. just look down, it's right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just for the purpose of recording, we are fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, we're fully like, clothed, but like, it's cold. still have a body. Yeah, but it's, it's cold. That's, yeah, that's, that's cold. That's cold. So, uh, like, when you look at Michelangelo David, right? Mm. When you look at that, and people go, oh, that's an amazing sculpture, and that's amazing. And then you get Guff online for mm. putting up uh, you know, a nude. What's the difference? I don't know. I mean, I'm especially frustrated at the moment, actually, with social media, like, and People have made a very good point about the David sculpture. Like, there's images of that sculpture are like totally fine to put up online. Because like, what? On cups. And on cups. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? Exactly. You know. <laughs> but yeah, like um, like some of the the drawings that I've put up, like that maybe have like nipples in them, they'd be taken down, or else like completely kind of like shadow banned. So like they just they don't take it down, but they stop its reach. So people don't actually get to see it, which right. is really frustrating. And I see it happening to 
artists all the time. Like, so they definitely have a vendetta against nipples. Like, <laughs> Facebook against nipples. Yeah. <laughs> we can't say Spotify or Apple Podcasts against nipples. We no, no, they're all good. We can talk about nipples all the time. So that's, that's a moderator in these social media companies saying, do you know what? No nipples today. Is that, is that what this boils down to? Is it I don't know. I think it's not even a moderator. I think they have it set up so that like the robots can even detect nipples. But like they don't seem to care so much about like the male anatomy. Like you can, sometimes it happens, like if it's a really kind of like erotic painting or something, but I don't know, maybe it's more so that I notice it more with like paintings of women because there is just more paintings of women than there is of men. Which is interesting because social media, I know we've actually, we spoke about social media before and it's, it's a necessary thing in so many ways. Could you live without social media for your work? I would love to be able to live without social media for my work, but... Um, I don't think anyone would ever see my stuff because, I mean, that's kind of the main audience that I have. But I think it's the main audience most artists have. So I don't really think it would be possible, unfortunately. I'd love to just get away from all the, the crap forever. <laughs> nipple killers. Nipple killers. <laughs> Damn nipple haters. It's, it's interesting. So what, what's the main platform that you would use for your it would be Instagram, I would say, um, is the main one. It's the nicest one still. Like it's becoming a little bit um, bullshitty lately, but it's not anywhere as bad as Facebook. Like Facebook is just a minefield. Okay. And is, is there? I don't know. Is there? Is there a social media for artists? Is there a special? Is there a portal that you guys have, or you think would benefit? See, I mean, I use Instagram like only for art. Like really, I only follow artists on there like and then some people that aren't artists like people doing them as well sometimes but um yeah I think if there is a social media like like there's deviant art like and things like that but you'd be missing out on like you'd just be showing your work only to other artists so people that aren't artists wouldn't be able to like see your work and possibly buy it even you know is everybody an artist that just isn't honing their craft think about that what, what's your opinion on that statement What's that? Is everybody an artist but just maybe isn't honing their craft? Oh, oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, like, I don't know any kid that didn't draw, like, when they were younger and everything. I think it's, like, something that everyone has, like, and, yeah, I think just some people kind of push it away or it's pushed out of them or, you know, other things happen, like, and they just forget about it, you know? Yeah, I don't know exactly what that is that makes people stick with it and or come back to it even like you know but i think if everyone was an artist like the world um would not function so i'm very grateful for those who are not artists because without them like they're the true heroes <laughs> no seriously like i mean jesus it's screwed it's, after yeah it's an interesting um, perspective it's so when, when you see when you see the future of the work that you do. So we have NFTs and we've all this crazy stuff coming in. Um, people owning digital versions of your work, but not the physical version and people selling tweets and stuff like that. People selling tweets? People selling really? tweets, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jack Dorsey's first tweet sold for something like crazy, but it was an NFT, non-fungible token in Bitcoin ball scale <laughs> malarkey, which blows my mind. Oh my God. Um, what's, what's your opinion on the future of art? I honestly have no idea. Like I'm, Honestly, I'm too stupid, like, to understand properly all this, like, 
all the NFT stuff, like, I mean, I kind of get it, like, you know, I've, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, like, and support other artists that are doing things, you know, that are awesome, so, I don't know, I mean, there's, like, who can tell what's going to happen, even in, like, a year or something, so. We didn't see COVID. No, That's we did not. <laughs> Some people did. Surprise! Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, so, tell me, who, who inspires you and why? Um, I mean, so many different people inspire me. Like, just when I see people that are out there doing, like, weird, stupid crap, like, that inspires me to do my own weird, stupid crap. Why stupid? Why do, why do you call it stupid? I don't know, like, you know when you have, like, these, like, ideas that come to you, like, just before you go to sleep and you think, oh, no, that's ridiculous when you wake up in the morning and then you don't do it. Like, that often happens to me where I don't trust in in my ideas and so many times I've, like, pushed them aside and then, you know, maybe it could have been genius, who knows. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm going with my ideas from now on. Like, even if they seem stupid, I'm thinking, like, if that idea came to me from wherever the hell it came from, drop down into my head then it's for me to like translate out in whatever way I can so things that drop into me now I'm just going with them so yeah I like seeing other people that do like just crazy weird stuff and they're not kind of second guessing themselves and that so I don't really have anyone in particular that I can name like they're obviously like I can't name one person without naming oh, everyone like you know it's like <laughs> oh, we got John like we got Daniel we got Mickey down the road, like, you know. It's, 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 like, do you ever work intuitively? Do you, you, you say things and, you know, I, I, I don't think, like, when you say stupid, I go, don't say that, don't say that, that's not, you know, <laughs> do, do you work intuitively? So do you, when, when an idea drops in, do you, do you allow it to, to go through the process and then decide? Or is it Rebecca in the head saying, no, 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 that's, <laughs> no, no, you're never going to do that. You know, is that is that where where does does that happen? Yeah, so I'm trying to be like let it happen more intuitively now. Like so, some things would happen. Like so, I'd get an idea, like, and then maybe I might see something like straight afterwards that I would pick up as like a sign to do that idea or something. Or you know, maybe it's just me like being crazy and looking into things too much. But I definitely go with um what. I'm being told or what the universe is like kind of bringing to me so I would go that way like yeah <laughs> there's no right or wrong way it's, no, just, no. it's interesting to get the, the perspective <laughs> well we are just coming on time um, Rebecca I think your work is fantastic thank you very much it's an absolute joy to be in the studio with you um, as I said it's really weird being talking to people <laughs> in real life um, and um, yeah and I, I know I'm supported in that I know a lot of other people enjoy your work and, and support your work and think it's, it's fantastic and you know I hope that the work continues and um, you know we, we see lots more of you in the in, in the, coming, the coming weeks years days months whatever okay Rebecca Deegan thank you very much thank you very much thank you <laughs> And that's it for another week. Thanks for joining us this morning and do join us next time on Be Your Best You. Have a good week.